Hey, everybody, what's up? Today we're talking the tragedy in Charlottesville and a lot more on Black Hollywood Lives this week. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Live this week. Wait, we all are like, you got the snap too. All right, Jeff, I see you with the lyrics already. Oh, y'all know I love childish. I was on the Atlanta panel with Joel Monique. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. This usually might be my favorite panel in the history of my time here. I think I agree. But besides this one, right? Sure. <laughs> I'm just letting it play for a second. That's it. That's it. I just like feeling this beat. All right. What's up? Oh, Jeff, I see you. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Black Hollywood Lives this week. I am your host, Daryl Kristen. Jesse Janity is not here today, nor is Rachel True, but we do have two great co-hosts that are existing with us today. One requested this song by... <laughs> and guess which one it was. Guess which one it was. <laughs> I'm full of surprises, guys. Right. So I'm going to start with him, actually. Jeff Graham. Mr. Jeff Graham. Who Welcome is back. A... What up, guys? It's Jeff Graham. If you guys want to find me online, you can do so at Jeffrey C. Graham. Y'all know I love the show, and I'm so I excited know. to be here. Thanks it's been so me. long, it's been Jeff. It's been Last time like we were Olympics. here, I think the biggest story was, like, should Simone Biles have smiled during exactly. her medal ceremony? Yeah. So yeah. it's a bit of a different show this week, yeah. but uh, this yeah. week. Well, he did, he did request Childish Gambino, so we were not mad at him for that. <laughs> also joining me is Joel Monique. Hey guys, it's oh, good oh. to be back. And of course, rock star Black Chic, Black Diva over there, Courtney Stewart. Black Chic, Black Diva. That's an interesting intro. Hey y'all, what's up? That was like very anticlimactic. Let's try this it again, like Courtney. Very, Courtney Stewart, come well, because on. Because it was like, oh, wait, which one? And I didn't know where to go with it. Well, you're so. both. So if I'm being all the way one. real, my tongue is real dry. I had too much champagne on Cherie's show, <laughs> and I'm just trying to focus in my life right now. That's what it's about. Well, That's what life that. is about. That's I imagine for that. About. Yeah. Well, we got a lot of interesting topics today. I guess they're interesting. Interesting is a good word, y'all. Yeah. It's a word. Is a word. Is it the word? I don't know. But it includes Trump, LeBron James. I know. We're talking about a lot of people. A lot of people, too. A lot of people, a lot of different Steve Harvey. Things. Steve Harvey, all kinds of stuff. And because we're awesome, we're going to open up with Trump. <laughs> so, well, okay, technically we're not going to open up with Trump. I mean, I guess it's like a big, bigger conversation about right. the country that we've had for like the last hour and a half in the studio, actually. Yes. Um, so hopefully you guys were, maybe, you know what, hopefully you were under a rock and you were like existing in a fantasy space yeah. with unicorns and butterflies and rainbows over the weekend and you missed all the bullshit that went down over the weekend, which included hundreds of white nationalists, alt-writers, and neo-Nazis that traveled their way to Charlottesville, Virginia to have themselves a Unite the Right rally under sort of the guise of saying that they were, like, there to rally and support for not removing the Robert E. Lee statue that was in the town square. And it went south, obviously, in more ways than one, and three people ended up dead from it. Uh, one protester and two police officers ended up losing their lives because of it. And, and you know... injured. Yeah, many injured who, like... Oh God. In the end, we all, for, you know regular old American reasons, like, looking to the president, like, all right, bro, like, what you gonna say about that? Mm. He didn't say anything, like, the day it happened, the Sunday it happened, or the Sunday morning after it happened. He waited till Monday, and basically he's made some comments essentially sort of blaming 
both sides for the violence that happened and whatnot, and people came for him, including his own party, as well as Democrats, as well as regular old folks out in the regular world, like, yo, these were Nazis <laughs> with Nazi flags, talking about kill the Jews, white people live, like, kinds of stuff, and he apparently got offended from what we were hearing from internal inner, circle. inner circles yeah. of the White House. And he was super upset that people were chastising him for not being harsh enough or being very direct in terms of his condemnation of the neo-Nazis and the people that were at the rally. So when he was doing a different press conference, like in the golden lobby of Trump Tower in Midtown Manhattan on Tuesday, when he wasn't supposed to or allegedly wasn't supposed to be talking about what happened in Charlottesville or his speech about Charlottesville, he decided that he needed to let all y'all know what he meant and that y'all just weren't clear, apparently. And he went on to say things such as, quote, I think there is blame on both sides. What about the alt-left that came charging at, as you say, the alt-right? Do they have any semblance of guilt? What about the fact that they came charging with clubs in hand, swinging clubs? Do they have any problem? I think they do. Quote, you had a group on one side that was bad, and you had a group on the other side that was also very violent. Nobody wants to say it, but I will say it right now. Mm. Then this will, sorry. Then this turkey. Then this <laughs> asshole. Motherfucker went on, and he said, you know, things to the effect of, I mean, it was some good people up at the neo-Nazi rally. They just didn't want their history to be pulled down with that Robert E. Lee statue. And if they're going to pull Robert E. Lee down, then what else are they going to do? What about George Washington's statues? What about Thomas Jefferson? Where does it end, guys? So he basically, like, scared up all the white people that's already scared. was like, you're right. Hmm. America's history is being pulled down by... Fuck, I don't even know who they think is being pulled down because, but it's being pulled down by somebody. So that was his response. And obviously people have been upset and some people have been super pumped and excited and think Trump is the future. Yeah. I feel like it's just very un-American to support the losing side. And I feel like Trump's base should really be upset about that. Like, why Why are we focusing on the Confederacy? <laughs> like, losers and traitors. That's an awesome take. If, if someone pitched that to Trump, he might find... That might right? be the only way to get him to not... Because he's such a megalomaniacal winner, quote-unquote, that like Great just being word. like... Thank you. <laughs> but just being like, oh, no, 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 like, he lost. That might be the only way to get it through his dumbass thick skull that, like... That it's like I like that like maybe this is that's just like a smart take yeah for him I feel like people aren't gonna hear anything else like I could pontificate for hours about like oh you know it's really uh, sucky that you think black people are less than you or brown people or Jewish people because they just have a different religion than you but I feel like they're not gonna hear that but if I say you know you're rooting for losers maybe. Well, the crazy thing is, is a, he's so warped in this presidency that he's actually causing so much conflict, even with his party. Because now they're actually saying that even his party and his team are looking at him cockeyed and crazy. Which you, you know? should, cause because because they said that he's fueling all this racial the tension. Right. I and know. even today, he was tweeting out about in the midst of this tragedy that has happened, where people were killed, hurt. He's still tweeting out about the monuments and like the, the statues and like. 
what are you doing? Because that's what's important to him. He's just showing his true face, which I think is ridiculous because Trump has shown himself since day one. Like, the people who are like, I can't believe you do this as president. Like, when he was running, he said all Mexicans were rapists. Like, this is not new or different information. This is just him being him. I'm so scared, guys. Well, it is. It's crazy to that feeling of like you're living in the chapter of your children's history books. Do you yes. know what I mean? Like it's a mm-hmm. very just like it's a tangibly tense time in our country right now. It's very. I interrupted you, Dave. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, it's just like it's it's interesting. What you mentioned that like even internally the party's a mess. It's because there's a lot of white Republicans who are like, whoa, like I might want smaller government, but like this man does not speak for me. These people mm-hmm. do not speak right. for me. And yeah, it's like it, you know, there's just an element of like a lot of. Republicans who happen to be white are like, this is not we are. our voice. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's crazy. I mean, the GOP senators are still, up, they're upset with him. They're criticizing him, you know? Yeah. So it's like, that they're says a lot. They're criticizing him, but they're also not actively attempting to remove him. I know. So in the end, like, what does that really mean? Right. Like, because in the end, you're like, okay, yeah, you wilding out right now, but you still have support of 47% of the Republican base or something, and we still want to be a part of that. So, in my world, that makes you even worse of yeah. a human being. And I'm even more disgusted. Because I know there's been, like, some specific, like, I think Lindsey Graham specifically came out and directly said, like, that's absurd, how dare you say such a thing, blah, 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 blah. And I think there were, like, two or three other senators, like, Mitch one from McConnell Arizona. Did, yeah. I think um, McCain might have said something. I don't remember. He might have said, I think he said something from the Monday speech. But regardless, like, there's no, like, mass movement on the part of Republicans yeah. to get him out of office, remove him. Well, I did read something, you know, I don't know how true this is, but I did read something yesterday that said that he's actually, the the votes for him to get impeached are actually closer than what we think that they are. I don't know what that means. I don't know how much merit that really means. I don't, realistically, I think it's really going to happen. Unfortunately not. Last I heard that they were trying to do the 25th Amendment to, like, determine that he's Um, unfit and, like, mentally unstable to be whatever. I mean, like, are we questioning that he's not? Yes, absolutely. In a court of law, though. Just just a YouTube video? (laughs) (laughs) Can we just go back to his tweets and just look at I just feel like anytime he speaks, it's, like, so clear that he's not an adult. I'm just like, oh, like, this is a child. With a man child. Oh, like, very much. Like, I know teenagers who are, like, way more adult than he is. Just like, nuanced. Just, just r- like, r- that's r- the thing. Depth. I was talking about this with you is, like, he just doesn't even seem smart enough. Like, mm. I, that's what I'm like. Whether, I mean, obviously there's, like, racial, there's huge issues. But I'm like, I'm just on a base level, he doesn't seem smart enough to be, like, doing the job he's doing. He doesn't have the vocabulary to express what he wants to say. Going back to our point earlier, I feel like there are some people out there who are, like, the massively educated are ruining us as a society. There's, like, there's, I think, a belief that if you're educated, you are not authentic or... true American yeah. in some subgroups. Uh, if and you're I think educated, you're a socialist slash borderline right. communist, and therefore you could not possibly be. And you've never American. worked hard or whatever other kind of crazy, crazy things stuff. go along with yeah. that. Uh, and I think that that's one of the things that's exciting about that for his base is like, yeah, yeah, yeah he's not intelligent. That's so right. weird. He speaks on it's the so same crazy. fifth grade level that we all do. <laughs> well, what does that say about uh, Americans too? Well, that's, that's what's I mean, scary. That's true, but that's not changing the fact that it exists. 
What are we but, like thirty third in a lot of like educational places? Pretty much. We're, like, pretty much. Sixty or seventy in math. Like it doesn't surprise me. I, I grew up in a, like a real terrible education system. Got lucky with like a couple of teachers who cared and were vital and were there. But like our education system is crap. The people working inside of it hate it. I can't even imagine how it's continued to degrade since I got out like ten years ago. But it now doesn't we have shock Betsy me. DeVos and she's gonna make it all better. <laughs> right, exactly. girl. I can't yeah. be all. But what's better. even scary to me? I was having this conversation with some friends the other day. Is that it is 2017, mm. and we not only are still having, you know, Nazi racist rallies. Know. You know, the same, literally the same type of things that happened in the 60s are happening right now, and I feel like they're actually starting to happen a little bit even more in the last. Mm. Think about the last year about how much stuff is just really racially, just the racial tension that's happened. And he's just fueling this so much. And it, it's, it's, it's scary to me to think about where we're going to go after this. How do, you know, how do, where do we go from this? Because he's setting us back 50 years. I don't think so. I, I honestly think that this is something that's, we've been seeing, since Obama, like we saw like a giant boom in um, white nationalist groups and organizations. Um, the Southern Poverty Law Center has been working overtime, like, logging all these uh, people and incidences in. Um, like, I feel like there's a direct correlation to, like, Dylan Roof, to uh, the LAPD in 1992, to, like, it just... It doesn't stop. I think maybe what's changed is our ability to communicate, speak, and visibly see these actions happening. Um, And I think when you look at Trump just as somebody who understands advertising well, if nothing else, it becomes a lot less scary. Like, what we saw uh, over the weekend is a subgroup of kids who, like, live on Reddit. I don't even want to call kids. These are full-grown adults who are on Reddit and the dark web who come together to talk about the things that they hate. And they finally had, like, a a physical space in which to enact those thoughts. Um, And seeing it was absolutely terrifying. I have a lot of Jewish friends who are, like, I'm very triggered by all the swastikas we're seeing. And, um, of course, black and brown people obviously terrified. But I also think that the reaction two days afterwards when we started doxing them, I say, wait, if you were on the Internet uh, frequently doing Twitter and things like that, you saw the pouring out of, like, who is this person? Find them. Where do they work? What do they do? Call their employer. Let them know. And now we see them getting fired and crying. Right. What am I going to do? And maybe the police will beat me. Like, if anything, that just seems like you haven't been paying attention. You don't care. You're just talking out of your ass. Like, if you're one of these white nationalists, then you have no idea really what's going on in the world. So a bunch of ignorant people with torches doesn't scare me, but it does make me want to be just as visible to that demographic so that they can know we're out here. I think that it, it's, it's funny because, like, part of me is like, you're right. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> no, because I'm not scared. Like, I've seen this in my lifetime before I'm not tripping like you're fucking crazy and like you're not real people my issue comes when agenda and policy is matching the institutionalized version Mm. of that which is what is the harder part to fight Mm -hmm. and has been the harder part to fight and we just started making progress like when Obama's Justice Department is like you know what that whole war on drugs and weed thing like what is being brown folks and black folks is being treated real different. Let, let's take a relook at that. Right. But then we got Jeff Sessions that only gets mm. to sort of be sanctioned by this person who, whether or not he has full on racist KKK ideology, I don't know. I actually don't really care. But I do care that you have appointed people that will continue to perpetuate the institutionalized racism that has existed pretty much since the end of slavery in its own variations over the years and when we were just making headway Mm -hmm. to like get people because there's 
the the good white people that J Trump was actually talking about, not the ones that were marching with the neo-Nazis, right. but the ones who just sort of exist and like want the best for their families and want people to be able to live and do their thing and are not like actively trying to attack black and brown people or make life difficult for them, don't always receive that they can be implicit or complicit in institutionalized mm -hmm. racism. Mm -hmm. And they were just starting to see that like, ooh, well maybe there's something to this. And right. now the message has completely shifted. And whatever we say and we don't say, there's still a huge portion of the country that supports, believes, and agrees with what Trump is doing. Whether or not they agree with all of it is irrelevant. But they are accepting and supporting of it, which is why he's still in office. And if he's still there for another three and a half years, I, I, there's so I, much I can't even that can be that. done and destroyed in that. Forget the tiki torches and them walking mm -hmm. with open guns. Like at this point, that's a, but there's also money behind that mm -hmm. that we don't discuss. Right. And money that is fueling politics that in ways that we don't really want to think about or maybe even know about. And that's what actually scares me. The hope to me, though, is that, like, if the presidency continues to be the train wreck that it is, that, like, there might be kind of a counter-reaction again. I mean, like, it is interesting. I grew up in the community of people you're talking about, mm -hmm. of, like, privileged white people who aren't bad people and who are fine with black people but, like, don't realize that, like, voting for him is complicitly... Advancing racism, you know, right, yeah. just because they're not around black people. Like, no. it's like, and so it's interesting. It's been interesting for me, though, to see, like, my family and, like, their friends kind of be like, whoa, this is, like, really bad. I don't know. It's like, it's like you hope and you pray that, like, it almost, I hate to say it does get bad enough, but, like, I think I'm going to say it. Like, people need to get woke again, like, especially in communities like the one I grew up in and, like. I was hate that, your, that. Was that your childish Gambino quote? Like yes. there, stay woke. <laughs> stay woke. But like, um, it's. I hate that this is the way it's happening. But like, there's a part of you that's like, maybe this has to be the way. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I think just that history is cyclical, and yeah. that we'll eventually be back at this point again in some different kind of way, and yeah. perhaps with another it comes group in cycles. under thumb. Yeah. Sure. I mean, it's tough though. That's scary though. That's, yeah, but that's is unfortunate. It it's just unfortunate. Like we yeah. will, are we? Because we can obviously sit here and talk about it and intellectualize it and be like, but we don't actually have to be back at this point, guys. Like there are actually things we can do to never be here again. Right. And most of us, you don't even have to be like super elitist, like educational, to be like, you know what? We understand habits. We understand cycles as people. And we know that you have to choose different for something different to happen. So the idea that we refuse to continue to choose different is an active choice mm. that, of preference from where I sit. And I don't, and it's, it's, it's just a weird sort of play to figure out like, are we really just doomed to cyclical interaction forever? Is that what we're telling ourselves as humans? I think we're starting to see potential for change and for growth. I mean, we I don't know if you guys saw the candlelight vigil that happened yeah. at the same place mm -hmm. with the torch. Uh, I don't know, carrying what's happening. Um, but I like the idea of that. I think if we can move into a South Korea state of mind, where we're like, you did what? No, all of us in the street right now, just just sit, stare, make sure you, they move. Um, mm -hmm. South Korea recently outed their president. Um, if you weren't aware, uh, it took them three months as an entire country of basically being like, no, we no, she has to go. And it worked. Iceland overran their banks in six months, I think, yeah, by doing a similar yeah. thing. Um, <laughs> so it definitely is possible, but 
know. Do Americans, we care enough? we're slow. Yeah, do we I don't care know. We just want big booties up. and money and titties. That's all it is. Right, but I, you know, one thing I did, did you see that the uh, two of the Charlottesville victims are suing James Fields, who was the driver of the yeah. car, and also the rally organizer for $3 million. Good, so, good. Um, I hope that they... Get that. Get um, your money. But then, uh, but Michael, well, you know, have a hesitation with this. If where does that money come from, as far as like, because clearly James doesn't have that money, or you know, is this going to be one of those things where it goes through all of these different suits and they're never really allocated the money that they deserve? Probably, but it's symbolic, right? Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Like they'll get something, um, dollars and cents, and. As long, I don't know, just as long as they're hurting in some way, particularly the organizer, um, who my favorite part about everything aftermath-wise was him getting run out of town, right. which was amazing. <laughs> that was, that was amazing. Yeah. 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 Well, what do you guys think that, so there's other alt-right protests planned, and there was a whole thing in San Francisco that well, people were worried about. Too. Well, they were saying it's like this debate should... The park services like mm-hmm. granted them the permit to do the rally because it's free speech and mm-hmm. there's whatever. And then, but the mayor was trying to shut it down, saying it's dangerous, whatever. So there's been a lot of debate back and forth about well, at what line do we draw the whole free speech thing? And there's the whole law that was instituted mm-hmm. in I think the late '70s about um, if there's obvious like public um, danger, like mm-hmm. in terms of there being violence or whatever, then that gives government I think officials. Black Lives Matter took a knee after um, the police shooting that happened yeah. in Texas. I think it's more than appropriate to ask any organization after a violent reaction, especially after a terrorist attack, to say you take a, a month or something to yeah, knee take a little for us. To, um, on a more like city planning level, I think if you cannot assure the safety of your citizens, you shouldn't be having rallies. But if you have a clear, if it's just a strict march, like up a street um, for a couple of blocks, you can rope that off. I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be allowed to just go out, but I also think that it's hilarious they want to go to major cities because you know black people are going to be right there just making y'all look <laughs> foolish, but whatever. <laughs> Are yeah. there are there more statues? Like, what are the goals with these other protests? Yeah, I think so. Just Especially now that there was the <laughs> exodus of we were talking about Baltimore yeah. earlier, oh, and the mayor there was just like, so all of these statues are gone now. Yeah. I know New York. They're not uh, gone now. The They're definitely still around. They're still around. Especially around. But there's been a movement to remove them for mm-hmm. probably the yeah. last like two, three, four, to three mm-hmm. to five years. Because yeah. I know like New Orleans was taking down a bunch of theirs and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's still it's an excuse. They don't give a damn about the statues. They don't. Yeah. But I do think they should take some time off from doing the next rally though I mean I think we need a, a, a grieving period mm-hmm. uh, otherwise you got to have so much security on alert you know at this stage and, 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 and not your security and not your security exactly <laughs> so I know I just exactly. would like to see the police show up in their SWAT gear and they helmets and they at the very the, least at the very least yeah. the way that they show up for Black Lives Matter. But we're going to move on real quick and see if we can get you guys' opinion because obviously we are talking about all this antiquated shit like mm. racism and Nazism and all this stuff. But we, um, we spoke a few weeks ago about HBO's new series that they are working on with the Game of Thrones creators. It's called Confederate mm. and basically it's an alternate reality series and it's sort of following the United States as if slavery was never abolished and what happens in the country, and that's about all we really know about it. Ab- abolitionists still exist, the North still exists, the mm-hmm. South still exists. They're on their third the civil South. war, so the... It- 
Yeah. yeah. So it's 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 still a struggle. It's not like they're like slavery is the best thing ever, but it's a struggle that the nation is going through. So they have this uh, series that they're working on that's upcoming, and there was a hashtag out uh, called hashtag No Confederate that was mm-hmm. led by April Rain that really caught some traction online, and they're literally trying to get it shut down before it even goes into production because the series has not gone into production. For those of you guys that don't know, but after the events of Charlottesville, um, HBO still gave a statement to the New York Times that said the following quote. We support everybody's right to express an opinion, but the suggestion of irresponsibility on our part is simply undeserved. HBO has a long history of championing intelligent storytelling, and we will approach this project with the same level of thoughtfulness that has always defined our programming. We recognize the sensitivity of this project and will treat it with the respect that it deserves. Our creative partners should be given time to develop the series rather than face prejudgment. Have your opinions changed or been altered by what happened in Charlottesville as or whether or not HBO should move forward with the series? Uh, I think they should move forward with it at the end of the day. I mean, listen, this is great publicity for them. Let's just be 100. You know what I mean? Like, of course, I would make a statement right now, too. It's, it's the unfortunately the best time to do it because people are paying attention. That means it's going to stay on their radar and it's going to mean that it's going to be people are going to be talking about it. I think it's foolish. But I did talk to you um, several uh professors who teach media studies and we were having um mostly black women we were having a conversation about confederate and whether it's that it should happen or not um the main points i drew from that conversation are ahbo is a subscription-based service that has never hurt for anything um so they will continue to create whatever content they want um mm-hmm. lambasting them does not a lot for them there are a lot of people worried that the hashtag was attacking hbo and they would think that they were losing black viewership um i know black girl nerds partnered with april rain and pushing that hashtag um at the end of the day, they're not there to attack HBO uh, because Insecure and Ballers and a bunch of the other shows and things that they produce are quality and amazing. Um, I think a lot of the hesitation comes from the fact that these two creators who have done a, have they the most watched show, um, HBO's not going to do anything to damage their relationship with them. But I do think, especially just as a black person, a black viewer, um, y'all don't handle slavery real well. You didn't do it. You didn't do it right in Game of Thrones. I really don't want you to have another show where you get to do it. That's all you're focused on is slavery because those few times you showed it, it was real problematic. And so I don't have a lot of faith that you can handle the material. Now, maybe they shock me. I don't intend to watch the show. I will at least give it a full season before but I attempt are, to watch it. But there are black producers and writers associated yeah. with yeah. Confederate versus Which Game we of didn't Thrones, hear about in the original are. press release. Right. Those guys got marched out after they got a shit storm thrown at them. So maybe they do well. Again, I'm, I'm about black creators. I'm about telling these kind of stories. But it's just, I guess it's frustrating. I, I read a lot of, like, alt fiction history. It's one of my favorite genres. Um, and there were ton of stories where the future does not still have black people in chains and those stories are honestly just stories I'm more interested in. Now maybe you have something nuanced and incredible to say about you know slavery in the future. It's going to be a hard sell for me. Personally I'd rather than pick up um, ooh, East versus West which is a future no. where uh, the black slaves are, uh, Comet lands in the middle of America during the Civil War stopping everything and everyone just goes to their own corners. Black people inherit Louisiana, get all the oil down there to become the kingdom of Louisiana. And it's effing dope. And it still talks about, like, prejudice and things. Um, that doesn't go away just because there's money. But it's a different history that I think is more interesting. Um, Amazon coming out with their That's new project, That's kind of the Packer project a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Where the, yeah. And Aaron Magruder, who's the best. Yeah. I'm so I'm excited. Pumped. Yeah. I'm super I'm pumped about that, about that one. Yeah. The counterpoint I've kind of felt around Confederate, and granted, like, I... 
maybe less merited to speak on this because I don't have the same experience as you guys do. But Handmaid's Tale, like, what is what? How does that show portray women? That's different though because the way the handmaids are treated, um, and essentially all women are treated, is just a mirror to how women are currently treated. But do you not feel like it's a mirror no. for how the African? No, because I'm not a slave. There's a di- the difference between women being subjugated and being told to do this and pushed into corners um, in in subtle ways in the ways we live now, and then enhancing those um, and just basically bringing them to their eventual conclusion. Right. In Handmaid's Tale, uh, made sense to me. It is a mirror to society. You can see different. It, it's shocking because you're like, oh my god, that's like my real life. Yeah. Right now, uh, but black people are not slaves. We we definitely what have to well, face my, I, but I, I kind of feel where you're going because my argument has been. I actually want to see what they do with. Yeah. And I still, I even after this weekend, because I really thought about it, I was like, I don't know, like, where am I at with that? And I still fall back on, in the ideal universe where unicorns exist, that these <laughs> super smart people at HBO working with these amazing black writers and everything, um, will... Art can really still be a mirror. And mm-hmm. though it is not, I don't I agree, it's not the same as Handmaid's Tale to sort of foretell this society where slavery still exists. I think this idea that the white people that I love and know that feel we were so evolved beyond racism and beyond what our past history was. You guys haven't been slaves in 200 years. Like, what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. And if it's done well. I think it actually can be a mirror and show a light in a way that maybe we don't expect about how we are not so far removed from right. what that was and what that could have meant right. for everybody. Right. So I think there's power in that. And the fact that Will Packer's project is also something that can exist in the same space is what, for me, gives it value. Because the goal is has at least from what I understand and what I believe as an artist, is that there has to be space for both all the time. And it's the black people telling the black version of what they want to tell and these people telling the version of that they want to tell. And previously it's always been, it's been exclusively white folks trying to tell the stories of all the people and they don't always get it right. right. And the fact that there's a platform and that there's room for both of those projects to exist in the same space, I think only will elevate both of those projects Mm -hmm. and will speak different things to different people at different times. And so for me, I don't, obviously I haven't seen it yet. Mm -hmm. So it could be on some bullshit. We don't even have a script to read. You know, we don't have a script. We don't really know a plot line. All we know Mm -hmm. is that there's this generic sort of idea of what this is supposed to be. So I don't know where they're going to go with it. It could turn into a total disaster. I think it's scary, but from an artist's perspective, yeah. that's when you have to do it. I'm just thinking, like, what if my parents, what if it's great and my parents watch it? You know? They watch Handmaid's Tale and they have a very different view. Perspective on it. Yeah. And I'm like, I, it might. It might be terrible. I hate to say it probably will be terrible. But what if it's really nuanced Dumb. and awesome and like a. The America watches it. These are the creators of Game of Thrones. They're Whether or not it's saying, good, they yeah. have a huge platform. Yeah. And like, what if they do something amazing? I, I don't. I, that, I think maybe because of because yeah, of the I Game of Thrones aspect to it, mm-hmm. I just feel like they're not going to put anything out there that is horrible. And, and the, the fact that I know that well, they some do people have, argue that there's some things about Games of Thrones that I are think, pretty horrible. That's what I say. Like the scenes that right. really bother people are the scenes that are going to need to be most touched upon in the new show, like Sansa's rape scene, which caused a huge uproar yeah. because of the way it would depicted her and and that kinds of situation. Right. Or even um, when Daenerys Daenerys frees slaves twice in that show and 
both times you get a real white savior kind of yeah. lens going on. So mm-hmm. I'm just I'm cautious of it, and I, I feel we like that concern is valid. And I'm with you, that, but that's why I said that my point is with this is that they have black producers and black black yeah. writers that are involved with this, so maybe that that will change the dynamic of this because that's not the case with Game of Thrones. But then again, money is still involved, so it could all be a shitstorm, and we're only going further. But we're already going backwards anyway, so why don't we go backwards real fast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. All right. Either way. Either way. It's got to right. be years off, right? I mean, like, they, they have to be. I don't know. Can you imagine how nervous that writer's room is every time something gets pitched? But, uh, like, yeah. there's so much. I think it's so supposed much. to be out I next, think it's year, next year, 2018. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm the thing sure. is, with all, I'm so glad. No, they haven't started shooting. With all the flack they've faced, like, good. I mean, like, yeah. the only thing you hope is that, like, if they weren't ap- approaching their projects with sensitivity, they certainly will be now. And Absolutely. Like, well, we hope so. Yeah, we hope. We, hope we so. but <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Well, we can keep going because I'm like <laughs> sensitivity ain't really always what you need. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, but we'll see. I we'll mean, see. in the end, like again, I don't judge it until I've seen it. But I think saying. censorship of art's very dangerous. Always. I agree. Like always. Yeah. Is what I think. Do right. I think it sounds wild as fuck? Absolutely. <laughs> like, so you this think is they should be, just go all in? I, w- w- that was my thing. Like, mm-hmm. I felt like, like, don't play around and try to make it so... I don't want no damn going with the wind shit. Like, right. go in. Show if you're going to go stuff. in, you go in. And I want to see an understanding of the way that history is in existence now. Mm-hmm. And why things sort of are the way they still are, and like if you can sort of weave that in and figure that out as a storyteller, I think you're brilliant, and I don't think there's anything wrong with sharing that story. All right, well, we'll find out. Sometime. We'll see. We'll see in the next year. We'll be talking about it next year. Like y'all, this some bullshit. They got these slaves. <laughs> they got these Black slaves. Bitches. Like that. This it's all these rape scenes. They just got this? black girls running around with the t- like this is a right. mess. Right. This is a mess. Right. But I hope not. I, I hope really not. Hope I hope it not. is a, an intelligent show that people can learn from and that the writing is as good as... Otherwise, they can so put it in that chicken that's on the White House lawn and shoot that shit to space. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. On that note, we're going to move on to our ER Web Story Spotlight of the Week. Story. Spotlight of the week. Uh, someone who's in the news right now, not for chicken, is uh, Steve Harvey. Um, he is kind of uh, what's well, this, this <laughs> interesting this is a story. Weird story. This is a weird story to me because technically, to me, it's not about Steve Harvey, but we'll get into it. So basically, Steve Harvey's third wife, Marjorie, she was married uh, formally to a drug lord by the name of Jim L. Townsend, who was 68. So documents have revealed that the FBI and the DEA suspected Marjorie participated in a drug ring with her former husband. So both the FBI and DEA believe that they have substantial evidence of her being in illegal activities and would arrest her if Mr. Townsend, her husband, did not you know, come forward with their demands. So reports show that Townsend was later ind- indicted for attempting to buy 40 kilos of cocaine, Ooh. something we all need in our That's life, right? That's a whole lot of coke, y'all. That's a whole lot of coke. That was one hell of a night, all right? <laughs> He's tired, guys. Uh, He's tired. <laughs> Don't approach him in his dressing room. <laughs> That's, you're exactly. Uh, sentenced to life in prison. He served 26 years and was released in January 2017 after being granted a pardon by the Wait. then president... Barack Obama, what's the matter? Damn, I'm like, wait, he done already served 20 years? He already served 20 years. So Marjorie split from Townsend less than five years into his sentence. And but quickly she got involved with another drug kingpin, kingpin <laughs> named Donald Woods, 
He followed her third child, Lori, in 1997, and they married in 2000. Around the time the FBI started to investigate Woods for his role in a drug smuggling operation. So, I mean, Marjorie, you you like you a drug smuggler? She likes cash dollars. She likes that cash. She's a high fashion girl. This is way more to me about Marjorie than anything else, and I feel like I want to be her best friend. (laughs) Like, what, girl? You rolled from two drug dealers to Steve Harvey? Yeah. She leveled up. And they got married. Steve Harvey and Marjorie got married in 2007. So now that all this stuff is that's literally like that so fast. Five years yeah. later. Yeah, she, she gets up. Uh, listen, Mama, you, Mama's Naughty must be real good. I want to watch her bio. See her eyes? Her eyes are beautiful. Eyes I get it. It's probably yeah. all here. She's just yeah. luring people. I love it. Well, uh, well, all, I this is, all this has come out because of the fact that there was a report that Radar Online put out um, about his first wife, uh, Steve Harvey's first wife, who she apparently may. she's, you know, they they, they've, been in, they've been in court for several years because, uh, or they were in court for several years because she said that basically he Steve left them, they pay child support, <laughs> she had a baby, you know, he's so gone back and black. forth. Like, so, so, so with that history, all this other stuff has kind of come out about Marjorie. This is insane. Now, Steve and Marjorie have not made a statement about this whole well, drug what's she supposed campaign. to say? Yeah, I fucked a drug dealer? <laughs> and it was good. Like, what is she going to say? Well, that's why it's interesting because all the news stories are like Steve Harvey involved, involved in a drug smuggling uh, allegation. Yeah, they definitely, that was the headline. And I was like, what? And I was, like, and I was shocked. I was like, wait, what? I was he like, was what? on the Steve Harvey show friends. in 1997. Steve what? Right. Drug I like, smuggling. I was like, is this going to be your new book, Steve? Like, what's going on? But, but I was like scared. Like, you yeah. know how you said you want to be his best friend, her best friend? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want, like, I want to be her best friend from afar. Like, I want to read about her, but, like, when you on that level of a drug right. dealer, I don't want to be hanging out with you. No, uh-uh. Steve got pockets. One case is over 26 years old. We got even longer because he got out in, what, 97? Yeah. Yeah, so it, this. Wait, he got out in 90? I thought you said he 20, got out in 2017. No, 2017. So okay, he went right, okay. in, girl, okay. in the late 90s. Yeah. So, and then she broke up while he was in jail, so he could be mad because she broke up with him while in jail, messed around with another Steve drug dealer, Harvey and then just turned around with one Steve. good security guard and, like, four good lawyers, and they're going to be fine. He'll be fine. They'll be, they'll be fine. I'm not worried. Steve probably got pockets for days. <laughs> I, I think I would just be more worried to think about that she was married to two or was messing yeah, like, with girl, two what's big going drug dealers. Like, what's That's going on with you? That's probably 80% of his attraction to I was going to say. Like, and I was next. It's weird, man. I almost admire him more, though, because you... He, sometimes he can be sometimes Steve Harvey can be kind of on a soapbox and like kind of judge, kind of judgmental right and he's married to someone with a very interesting past mm-hmm. I don't know I well, wonder if she's got a like a lady past. I mean she, got, is yeah. she is the third wife she is the third wife and, the, and he's a second husband I mean I don't know it's just like part he's of the third husband I yeah. see like part of me is like your past obviously in this case your Maybe past perfect match yeah I know Clearly. I'm like I don't judge like I'm like you know what you want a drug dealer? You get it, girl. <laughs> That's to yeah. You. I'm like all of us have past relationships we regret, including both of them. <laughs> Some are with drug dealers. I don't know. I but mean, that's like high. That's, that's I mean that's what I, I can't the high level drug dealer. That's high level. Tense. And to me that just says a lot about her, maybe. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that's me being judgy though. Am I being judgy? No, no that she's means just she like got Karuchi. Skills. Like I feel like sometimes girls gotta got get through like their Karuchi. bad boy phase. And then like after that we realize but like two oh okay, marriages for is like two marriages. And she got the baby. wants and a dude who's a boss. That's all she's looking for, some guy with some power. She found one. I'm just proud of her. I'm so happy. Yeah, just, she two had to get of them, just two of them went to jail. Two of them were not. You know good. what though? It would not shock me if Steve Harvey was like deeply addicted to something crazy, and we just didn't know. Uh-oh. Don't let that go viral. Yeah. I'm just gonna say, I hope he's not. But if so, that, when he's smiling on Family Feud, so when he's smiling on Family Feud, you think he just did a little in the back? Does that explain the if that, that, that came out in ten years, would you guys be like shocked? 
I'm not shocked about anything anymore. I'm not. Yeah, that's all right. I'm, 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 I'm warped. I would so. only be shocked because I don't feel like his energy reads drug to me. Yeah. Like, because he's very, like... Philippines. It, it reads very... <laughs> I don't know. Can we? Can, I Do can it be a crazy coke? I hear you. I don't feel it's like a crazy not. coke because I'm trying to think. Like heroin, nah. Nah. Cocaine nah. is too like nah, nah. Alcoholic. He's too energetic for for. He for, seems kind of drunk. I love that. He could hit the sauce. But, a well, bit. he does seem like a drunk, but like drunk uncle drunk. Like so, yeah, like right. I don't feel like it's like mm. crit and like yeah. Maybe that's right. the reason. Why I like Steve Harvey. I feel like I'm bad mouth. Let me just no. qualify. No, that. I no, enjoy I Steve it. Harvey. Steve but like, we're all like, no, we love Steve. I know, but we love. <laughs> I, Steve. I also love clowning problematic people. <laughs> yeah. Steve Harvey's a problematic person. Yeah, he is. Like, he, he's just trying to help the ladies out, girl. <laughs> Hope y'all and y'all listen. The men. Y'all listen. I don't know who <laughs> y'all is. Y'all bought that book. I did not buy that, that book. Y'all saw that movie. I still ain't seen one of the movies all the way I through. I refuse to read the book. I'm so angry about the title. I couldn't even get to the That's book. That's because you're not thinking Why? like a man, Joelle. You're, you're, you're not thinking like a man, Joelle. Why are you mad? Why are you mad at the book? Why are you mad at the book? Why are you mad at the book? Why are you mad at the title? You guys are genuinely asking. I'm genuinely asking. I don't think that... A man should be able to tell any woman how she needs to think or act to make it through her day, life, or relationship. But, but to his defense, he, these women want to know why certain things are happening, are happening that men to them do. with a man. Consistently. But, so you have to ask a man to find as out. As somebody who consistently consults horoscopes, I understand the need to go to crazy advice to try to figure out <laughs> your whacked out life. I, love I you, get it. But, but nah. Like, I just don't want to hear it. If you, if you found the book at all helpful or it uplifted you or got you that man you wanted like Apparently power to you, power to you. To be in a happy relationship, you must adhere to certain rules, which will fundamentally change or idealistically change who you are, and that's what makes me really uncomfortable. But is that different from men are from Mars, women are from Venus? I would not read that book either. Hey, there it is. It's so you, you just are you just are um, in your own category with it. Then you don't. Feel, no, I didn't think people like, should be mad at. I just don't like. She it. doesn't like <laughs> it. But I'm curious because if you think that men and women think differently, especially specifically in heterosexual relationships, yeah, yeah. Then what he technically is speaking to is the idea that women are thinking that men think like women, but they mm. need to think that men think like men. So he's. And well, theoretically, right, right. I had to, I had to speaking think about that. to women to, to say that. this is how you think like a man. And that's the only way you'll process what he's doing. Yeah, but the doing. second half of that title is Act Like a Woman, which is the idea, again, adheres you to a very, uh, like, strict idea of what a woman is. Well, yeah. it's not strict. It's a specific idea. Yeah. Because there are specific men, Steve Harvey being one of them, exactly. that this is what a woman mm-hmm. needs to behave like in a relationship with this type of man. Right. See, that sense me want to punch him in the face. But that, like that just means you me. don't get with that man. That just means it's that valid. man ain't for you. It's, va- it's, it's valid, and I get it, and again, I'm sure it's helpful to some people, but when someone's like, you need to behave a certain way, like, I want to flip tables. Like, it's not your you, book. How right. dare you suggest I behave any and way other than what man. comes naturally to and me. that's definitely not your no, man. No, we're not. <laughs> that's no. not your man, so... We know what Joelle won't Joelle be Joelle will not be Joelle helping Steve Harvey. Jo- Joelle will not be thinking Marjorie like a man. Marjorie might cut her. Because Marjorie got a pass. Yeah. <laughs> got a pass. And Joelle will not be thinking like a man anytime soon. All right. <laughs> well, our last story of the day is Mr. LeBron James. Who, 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 who would have known that he was going to make even more money than he already makes? So, basically, his production company is developing a series about the historic entrepreneur, Madam C.J. Walker. Yes. If you guys don't know who that is, she is... 
created a, a beauty empire from the ground up, uh, which at the time was believed to be an unattain- uh, unattainable thing for a black woman. She's also known for developing a revolutionary hair care formula for women of color. Mm-hmm. So, according to Variety, this will be the first scripted drama series for LeBron's um, scripted, or excuse me, production company. The project will allegedly, reportedly feature award-winning actress Octavia Spencer. Avi. So mm-hmm. I think that's I think she's perfect for it. She Even is. when they show the picture, yep, she looks just she looks, like she looks a lot like her. Um, the series will be based on the book on her own ground, written by the great great grandmother of Walker. Um, it will reportedly serve uh, uh, Lila. Lelia Bundles, if I'm pronouncing her name wrong, I pronounce, I'm sorry about that. Um, She will reportedly serve as a consultant for the show with Nicole Asher and Black Nativities. uh, Casey Lemons will serve as co-executive producer, so they got a powerhouse team behind them. Um, This is what LeBron had to say about it. He said, I'm really proud of this project and that Spring Hill will be partaking with this with Octavia to tell this important story. He said, every American should also know the story of Madam C.J. Walker. She was an innovator, an entrepreneur, social activist, and total game changer whose story has been left out of the history books, which many have. Mm -hmm. Um, I hope this project lives up to her legacy with that story and will educate and inspire. Maybe he needs to give it HBO as well. Um, On a side note, once again, he's continuing to make even more money because apparently he bought this Blaze Pizza. He invested in Blaze Pizza. Yes. But he invested for less than one million dollars, right? Yeah, he is now making twenty five million yeah. for his ten percent stake in the national food chain. You go good. ahead, LeBron. It's get it. You get good. it, buddy. You yeah. get. I mean, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Yes. That is what I'm talking about. Yes. But congratulations for that. I'm interested to see what his production I company does. I cannot wait. I thought for. he had done. I thought he was behind Survivor's Remorse. Yeah. Okay, okay. Because when you said it was his first scripted drama, I, I was think like, he had wait, executive what? produced. That's a comedy. That, but it yeah. wasn't his. Survivor's okay. is more of a comedy, which may be why that yeah, when they said maybe that's why they said that. Okay, got it, got it. I love that show. But yeah, it's great. It's really good. All right, that's all I got for the day. Um, Joel, hey. where can fans oh. find you? Hey guys, I'm Joel Monique. You can find me all over the internet at Joel Monique every week at blackgirlnerds.com. And guys, my name is Jeff Graham. You guys can find me at Jeffrey C. Graham. Um, for fans of scripted dramas and comedies, I host a show on Fridays called The Unproduced Table Read. Courtney it's guessed so it a couple great. Of, Thank yeah. you. Uh, we're reading a comedy tomorrow called Classified for fans of like Brooklyn Nine-Nine or The Ooh. Office. Tune in. It's an NSA set. Workplace comedy. It's very. It's a nice remedy to all the shit we've been dealing with the last mm. week. So that's, that's tomorrow awesome. at 10 a.m. on our sister network, The Popcorn Talks. Uh, check love it out because Jeff is very talented. Jeff is Thanks, great. And that's Courtney. a great show. I love it. Um, you can find me everywhere at Stuart Starlet and hopefully LeBron James. Holla at us. This is the job doing a historical drama and I want to be in it so yes. bad. Submit that tape, girl. Yes. Uh, you can find me at Daryl Christian on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook and at a pool on Saturday for my birthday. Yes, yes, he will. And he will be wearing a European neon green Speedo. Woo. Check that the gram. That was just last week. That was just last <laughs> or maybe if I get enough champagne on Saturday. Yeah. All right, we will see you guys next week. Have a great week and weekend. Peace! Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us. Info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, Tweet us or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live. Scipio, Instagram at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.